Hey everybody and welcome along to this week's edition of the Irish Golfer Podcast. Peter Finnan here and joined in studio by Ronan McNamara. How are you Ronan? How are we all? Uh, made her back. Oh, they're and back. <laughs> women with a great result over the weekend. Build and a statue of Emma Duggan, I say. <laughs> and uh, Mark McGowan over in Schlegel. Hey, Pete. Just here basking in the glory of the integral part I played in Rory McIlroy's victory at the weekend. <laughs> oh, don't worry. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. And before we do go into that, actually, yeah, last week's pod, the stuff that I put out, Thanks to uh, many listeners that have reached out. So lads have tagged me in a lot of things to cover on the pod this week. Uh, there was actually three or four with a similar type view. Some of them tagged me in uh, the famous chip in by Tiger Woods in the back of the 16th at the Masters in like 2006 saying, oh, don't forget to cover this, seeing this at the weekend, seeing that at the weekend. <laughs> so yeah, thanks to everybody for tagging me in all those old shots. Yeah, and mea culpa last week. It was good. It was funny. I left it in for a reason, but yeah, cheers. Right. Um, before we get into it as well, this pod is brought to you in association with Concept Golf out in Blanchestown. So if you are looking to get um, fit for any of the latest product, they have all the new tailor-made QI10, all of the Paradigm AI smoke stuff in, all the new gear are out there. And if you're not looking for a custom fit or lesson, they have a new indoor golf simulator bays as well that are open. Get down. Mark O'Mahony is such a great shop down there. Uh, the indoor stuff is class. If you want a bit of indoor golf is the weather for it now uh, get down there to Concept Golf in Blanchetown just visit conceptgolf.ie and you'll see everything on there but outside that weather's abysmal lads what did you get up to over the weekend I played golf you did not I did play it on Saturday did you yeah I'm not just a fair weather man, man. I'm a weekend warrior <laughs> was it not frozen solid where did you play no, played in trim Ah, they mustn't like their golf course. They do. Oh, Trim is in perfect nick as it always is. Always is. Shout out to Demo and his team. That's savage. No, I thought every course in the country would be closed. Maybe the shite ones. I, <laughs> I was out. I was out on Saturday as well. Uh, it wasn't wasn't too bad here on Saturday, but uh, we were supposed to be playing winter league on Sunday morning and got the text. The text came through on uh, midday on Saturday. Let us know it was cancelled, and I thank my lucky stars. But you're yeah, like it was going to be horrible. You're playing out in Rosses every week, so you're remembering Rosses. You're out <laughs> that side. Like yesterday, it must have been the, like it was the maddest weather I've known. God knows how. I was meant to go to a match yesterday, to a Leeds match, HMS Pistol League, back on track. Um, but yeah, we. I decided not to go yesterday morning. I was like, explaining to my young lad who I was bringing across, like, yeah, we're not going to go to this because we'll get there, but we won't get home. And true enough. Flights cancelled, any diverted flights from Manchester when I was flying in and I've ended up in France somewhere, so thank God I didn't Could go. I had a nice father-son weekend in Paris. Yeah. Don't worry, I, I I made the mistake of promising him, uh, I'll book two matches if you don't go to this one, so yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, two matches between now and the end of the season. Anyway, do back on to golf. They would have hit you up for some merchandise about Disneyland. Well, start, yeah, well that's <laughs> the thing, yeah, we would have ended up in Euro Disney or somewhere. Um, right. Golf, where do we start? Historical week. Well, I suppose we started DP World Tour um, on Dubai. The Desert Classic was on. Where do we go yeah, with this never one? Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Never in doubt. Only the 10 shots at the weekend that he had to make up. Like a record a record comeback after 36 holes for, for McElroy. So um, look, he just gave the rest of the field a head start and decided to turn on the style at the weekend. It doesn't have to be pretty at all times, doesn't it? And Rory certainly does leave us in the edge of the seat. We did call it last week, like you said straight out, he'd probably come out and win. Like he's expected to win these tournaments, but that that expectation is bonkers when you that was a decent field again. It was a good field and on a brilliant course, like the, the course setup for the week was, you know, outstanding. Golf, you know, as it should be rewarded for accuracy off the tee, not distance. You have to plot your way around the golf course and when you do, you can access really tight pins. You can't do it from the rough because you'll be punished. So, like, I think 14 under, I think, was the winning score. Like, it's just a great score to win a tournament. But, um, yeah, I think McElroy was four shots ahead with six holes to play. And I was about to flick it off and, you know, go out and do something else on my day before the storm came in. Then all of a sudden he bogeys that par five. And you're like, right, I may sit down here for the next hour. This is far from over. But in the end, it was a, it was a comfortable one-shot victory. He navigated the... Uh, 18th hole really well kept the mistakes out of the way and look he was a deser deserving winner he said it himself if I shoot two 67s I'll win the golf tournament now he went one better 
on the aggregate. But um, it just shows you, like, when McIlroy is coming up the leaderboard, he strikes fear into into fellas. Now, whether he gets over the line or not is another question, but, like, he is a he's a dominant factor. Yeah, nah, it was. I, I'm gonna call out exactly what Mark said about why he said he inspired. So straight up, I've I've gone to the tweet here. So Mark put out a story after I think it was the first day. Roy McIlroy yeah, rolled the in. Round. Yeah, the second round was it? Okay, so even worse. Yeah. So uh, Roy McIlroy <laughs> rolled in a 22 footer on the final hole to better his day one efforts by a single stroke, but it looks as though a Fort Dubai Desert Classic victory. Is beyond his reach. That's that, al- that's almost as bad as Siwoo Kim. That is well, <laughs> I'm go- yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be looking over my shoulder now for the next couple of weeks, making sure I don't make any cock ups. But um, look, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes he just needs a little bit of a kick up in the hole, and I'm glad I provided that. You know. But it was unreal what he did. Like he covered 27 holes from the start of round three in 12 under. Like phenomenal. Yeah, I think him him going out and. Sh- like posting that score that he did on Saturday morning, um, like it definitely, as you said, struck struck fear into the into the other competitors. Like uh, Cameron Young was sitting at what thirteen under. Um, he all like before he went out. McElroy talked about you know playing the Masters last year and seeing Brooks when he was on, going on to the first, seeing Brooks Kepka being ten shots ahead of him. Uh, I'm, I've no doubt that when Cameron Young and those guys were going out in that final group. They could see a leaderboard and saw that McElroy had McElroy was on a big charge, and they like, like myself, they probably thought he's out of this, you know. Uh, after the second round, by the time they were hitting the hitting their first tee shots in the third round, they knew he was very much back in it, and that's that, none of them played particularly well in that third round. I know it's a tough, it's a, it is a tough course, and uh, particularly tough in the afternoon when the Greens firm up and everything, but his name there probably probably was part of the reason why no, nobody like pulled away and really separated themselves from the field in that third round. Yeah, his opening seventy one seventy, his opening first two rounds were the reason why he was able. To, there was not a sixty three on that golf course in the afternoon. The fact he was out so early um, in the round, it was flat cam, he was firing a pins, the wind changed, the wind actually picked up and changed, Like so like, when Rory was hitting three woods and drivers down to different necks and holes on the back nine um, on round three, that just wasn't there for the leaders in the afternoon, so they stalled, he had already pinned his colours to the mast, and yeah, fair play to him, but like, the... Uh, it's just this the frustrating thing around Rory McIlroy, and like it, it's a positive at the same time. But like, um, what really annoys me, like I'm Rory's biggest fanboy going, and we've been on such a roller coaster. We're only two events in. I don't know who put it into the Slack channel. One of you lads put it into the Slack channel yesterday. If Rory McIlroy does not win one of the does not win today and fails to win either of these first two tournaments considering the shots he's hit and what he's done. It's like up there with Mayo and the All Ireland and stuff <laughs> like that. I think it was you, Mark. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let that one fall in your lap. <laughs> but um I'm happy to take it. Happy yeah. to take it. <laughs> the the difference though, like I mentioned that being rewarded for accuracy is driving accuracy round three and four was just completely a mile away from what it was round one and two. Like he was forty fourth in driving accuracy off the tee in round one. 125th in driving accuracy off the tee in round two. He was 18th in round three. And he was 18th in round four. Like, he didn't put well the first two days. He missed a lot of short putts. But the amount of pressure he was putting on a short game, yeah. like to be expected to hold this, your fair share of putts is just unsustainable. And ironically, he put it well over the weekend because he was putting himself in play like he was second in uh, putting average and putts per green in regulation in round three when he shot the 63. So it just shows like he sorted out the driver, sorted out three wood, put himself in play, and then he just took advantage. You say he sorted out the driver. His miss is left. It's just a it's constant left, yeah. left miss. And like I don't know why he obviously likes the feel of it, but he was using an LS model in Dubai tail end of last season of the QI10. That's when they launched it. He's now using the standard QI10 model this week 
which is more of, now I know he's optimised to it an inch of his life to suit him, but it is more of a left bias on that club. There is more of a draw bias on the club he's using. The LS model is more of a fade bias, but I'm, I'm assuming we will see him back in the LS pretty soon. Um, but no, I, I just question strategy. Like, wh- why does Rory McIlroy need to try and win this tournament by 10 shots? He was four clear. What he did on 13 especially, like, just, there's no need to be, going hammer at this tournament and taking on dog legs and doing that when your four shots clear. Just manage your way to a nice easy win. But I suppose that's what we love him for. He just he he just puts his foot in the accelerator and does not see backing off. And that's his flaw, but that's at the same time that's box office. Yeah, that's that thirteenth tee, I think it was in the in the second round, he um he had an, an incredible drive there in the second round, straight over that corner. It was like three hundred and 57 yards uh, just left himself like an, an 8 iron which he actually was 8 iron was too much he actually should have hit 9 iron because he just w- went just over the back of the green with, um, so that's like that's what he's thinking that's what he's thinking I'm going to I'm going to bomb this drive over the corner I'm going to leave myself a short iron in hand this is going to be another birdie and I'm 5 clear I was 4 I'm now 5 clear yeah but instead it's Obviously two. It didn't quite pan out <laughs> that way, but, uh, and it's like, oh no, what am I gonna do in the yeah, next? Yeah. Let's go for this and let's yeah. short sight myself again. It's just yeah, like listen, I'm picking hair like I'm 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 just I'm hoping he's learning stuff from this and he's looking at like a win is a win and it's a great way to like it's a huge win because it it sets up his confidence for the year and he is uh I, I just hope it's not too early in the year because he will he probably will win again between now and the masters. Like I was it, it always, um, I'm blown away by his level of consistency. Like, there's nobody like him. If you look, his last 15 tournaments dating back to last May, we go back to last May. Like, this is just frightening. Like, seventh, seventh, ninth, second, seventh, win, sixth, third, fourth, fourth, sixteenth, seventh, twenty second. That's the worst since last May. Second last week and a win this week. Like, he has more top two finishes. There was 65 top two finishes, then missed cuts in his career, which is 58. In 395 starts, that is, over 19 years. Like, that that level of consistency is off the absolute charts. Yeah, I mean, when he, early, earlier on in his career, um, like he was, we all talked about, like, he was a streaky player. If he, you know, he, he could turn up this week and he could win, or he could turn up and he could miss the cut by four. You know, you you did you never knew what you were going to get from him, really. And I mean, that's completely gone. Um, as uh, I won't say his golf course management has completely changed, because uh, he was like he he still plays super aggressive. I mean, you were just talking about it a moment ago about hitting driver at thirteen when he probably didn't need to. Yeah. You know, but but the consistency that he's shown has been incredible, and his his short game. In general, like and there was a couple of squarely chips this week again, mm. but in in general, his short game is superb, and he doesn't get anywhere near the credit that that he really deserves for it. Um, so many of the so many of the par fives, you know, that he birdies and makes tends to make mincemeat of. You know, he's often hitting a, a chip for that for his, his third shot, and. They might have, they might have tap in birdies he has which you know he's oh that's a tap in birdie in a par five it's what you expect from him yeah but like how he, how he got there wasn't exactly routine a lot of the time like yeah no um, I I agree with you no I, I like it is it's so that's you know he lives on the edge he he does not like statistically he takes on more of these high risk shots than most other players in the field because he's good enough to do it consistently but. He lives on the edge, it goes wrong the other time. I just found it even funny playing up the last, like, I know it would have been a horrible thing to lay up on, but and he's only hitting a four and into the green. But, like, statistically, I would have thought the safe play was lay up, hit your sand wedge in, and, you know, he laid up on the part, on the two of the part fives the day before, he actually laid up on, left himself sand wedge, lob wedge, gap wedge in, and had birdie on both holes. I, I just thought he'd do the same. Choice, <laughs> like, I know it wasn't by choice, by choice, but it, it should show him that his wedge game is sharpening up. He he just seems more confident with a four in his hand than a sand wedge. I th- yeah, I think he said that as well, walking up the 18th. I'm not sure. I think somebody, it could have been Cam Young, could have been Paul McBride, who was caddying for Young, asked him, like, would you not lay up? I think McElroy kind of 
uh, quipped up and said, oh, it's, it's not really me. It's not, and that's it's the thing, not. and that that's the thing where statistically it's the thing to do that other players would do, but no, Rory just sees one shot, four iron, yeah, if I miss this left, I'm grand, and I fancy my short game, whereas most players, although it would kill him to hit nine iron sand wedge to lay up on a par five after mincing a drive, but... Yeah, that's why we love him. But it's brilliant. He, he, it was, trying to, he was trying to impress Paul McBride. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to him now in a minute. We'll get to him and his his man now in a minute. But uh, yeah, it's great. Like it, it sets up the season. Like I'm really excited. I'm always excited this time of the year. Looking into McElroy, will he? Won't he do the Grand Slam? All this sort of stuff comes out of my mouth. Um, no, but like it, it, it's between now and the Masters. I do feel he'll win again. I just hope it's closer to the Masters and not. He comes out and wins like early doors in the PGA Tour, and then it's all this builds up, and he's trying to maintain a certain level of form. And but I, I, I don't know, I, I, it's 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 brilliant. It's brilliant in one way, and then it's just it it's head wrecking on the other side side of the fence. But yeah, it was it was interesting. He said in his uh, post tournament press conference that um, Brad Faxon, who's McIlroy's putting coach. Um, had sent him a couple of videos after the second round, um, and that he said, Faxon said to, said to him, he said, "Look, and usually I don't bother you in the middle of a tournament at all, but he sent him a couple of videos, um, obviously like p- videos of McIlroy putting in the tournament, and he said he just noticed a couple of things, and I mean he p- didn't put particularly well over the first two days, uh, missed a, missed a couple of short ones, and then." I mean, he put it really well at the weekend. So again, he said whatever he didn't didn't allude to exactly what Faxon had highlighted, but he'd obviously noted some small little things that he was doing wrong. And I mean, what well, like it definitely paid off. Obviously, no, hundred percent. I think any any time Faxon sees anything and is maybe maybe be texting Harry Damon on the course or something like that in yeah. the future rounds. No, it worked out well for him. It did work out well for him. Like, another thing, it's the uncontrollables that worked out well for Rory yesterday as well, whereas, like, if Rory, he he didn't, like, he made awful mistakes at at bad times and he got away with it yesterday. It's still a win. I'm not trying to talk it down at all, but you look what was chasing. Like, Morant just made a cardinal error. Uh, I think it was on 16, wasn't it, when he he, um, put it into the water? Um... It was just yeah, that was on the on the front nine. I think it was on the seventh, maybe seventh. Yeah, no, but even chips. down the stretch on sixteen as well. Then he oh yeah he dropped a, a shot, just 16, made a bad yeah, bogey yeah. on that, and that that was pivotal time. Now he did bogey the last to make it back up, but that was at a time when McElroy was struggling a bit. Uh, you look at stuff like that. You look at what like what Cam Young did. Uh, like the fact that he's coming up against guys that are making mistakes around him that mightn't necessarily happen. Um, in other tournaments But I'm not talking it down at all By any sense But yeah Cam Young was Like his 74 This is just uh, An ongoing thing How does Cam Young Not have a win To his name On any tour It's mad Like yeah, he hasn't I mean, won Since the Corn Ferry And he's had plenty of chances And yeah. it's, To be fair I, I'd give him maybe a, a slight pass On this one Like he's had a poor Run of form Um the other side of Christmas, like he hadn't had many top tens since the Open. I think he hadn't had a top ten since. So I think just getting back in contention for him was a was a step forward. But once McIlroy put the pressure on, he never looked like winning at all. No, like he, it, it, you weren't. Wor- it was Moronk you'd be worried about coming up behind McIlroy. You weren't any worried pressure about Young at all. Yeah, like. once there was pressure put on to Young, and he was playing with McIlroy. Like McIlroy threw in a few birdies around the front nine, and that like. Cam was just, he looked shell-shocked in the front nine. Couldn't get settled at all, no birdies. He missed a lot of short putts. Like, the second was a disgrace. Like, literally, a t- like, two, three foot. Like, we were waxing lyrical last week about Rory missing a short putt like that. It was just, yeah. But it, it's a trend with Cam Young. I really do hope he wins, and I hope he, because he's such a good ball striker, he's such a good player, but in the heat of the hunt, he just wilts. Mm. Like it's funny, he'd be more, he'd nearly be as likely to go and just spring a surprise and win a major than he would be a tour event because he he shows up really well in the majors. He did, obviously, uh, a couple of years back. Like he's still only twenty six, twenty first in the world. It's some world ranking for a fellow who's never won. Yeah, no, it's unreal. It is yeah. unreal, and 
well, like you remarked on it earlier as well, we obviously had an Irish interest with Paul McBride on the bag as well. They're obviously, for people that don't know, their college, they went to college together on the same, it was Wake Forest, wasn't it? Wake Forest, yeah. On the same team, them two and Will Zalatoris, so they obviously kept in touch, but it's a nice thing for Cam to do. Like, it was looking like he was going to get a win and like that would have funded McBride for the year, like for yeah. doing the stuff, like it's uh, you know if <laughs> it would have been his biggest paycheck through professional golf, and he hadn't paid, and, <laughs> he didn't yeah, have to hit a shot for it, and he didn't have to hit a shot for it. But like it's nice that Young is looking at stuff like that, and like you know, Cameron Young walks away with five hundred and twenty-two thousand euros from that. Like I don't know what Get the calculator, right? Yeah, but you don't know what the percentage was. But you'd like to think, yeah, ten percent he'd yeah. given to the caddy. Mates rates, like yeah, <laughs> mates rates exactly. You know what I mean? And it's it's uh, that will set him up for the year. You know, you'd like to see because I'm sure someone like Paul McBride is looking at his own playing career and looking at what some of his peers are doing and saying, right, I'm going to give this another year, another two years max at trying this, and then I'm just I'm going on a different route, and that's it. Yeah. So Maybe that money will extend 100%, that, and know. that's what you'd like to think. It's brilliant. It's great to see. And they were having fun going around. You could see that as well. So, no, it was really, really nice to see. Yeah, I was kind of rooting for Cam Young just, just, in, just for that regard. Like, it was funny. Like, I love Moronk as well, so I would have been happy enough with whoever won yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> All we needed was Paul Yannick to pop up there now for you. <laughs> Dude, no, but it was. It was it was good from that sense. I, I, I found myself, and I know I put it into the slack as well, I found myself rooting for Neiman coming down the stretch. I just wanted to see him try and push into that top 50. We yeah, rarely trying. get to see him anymore, and he's such a talent, and it's, he's just wasted on live mm. yeah it was a good week for Tom McKibben as well I know it was 14th in a Rolex event is never bad it was really and good. I just I was doing a bit of looking at some of his stats and like his consistency for a young player at 21 years of age is really really good like everyone harps on about the high guards but like he's you know he's extremely consistent extremely solid no miss cut in the last nine events has come out the first two events of 2024 uh T25 and T14 like very well, solid. that's it you look at his season to de- like his last four events so Australian PGA Championship tied 67th week after that Australian Open tied 51st Dubai Invitational tied 25th and Desert Classic tied 14th like he's trending one way every week he's getting 15 10 20 spots better so he is one to what like he is going to win this season. Wouldn't surprise me if he wins multiple times this season. I think he's a great chance this week in Ras Al Khaimah. Just yeah. looking through the entry list, like there's you got Rasmus uh, Hoygaard there. Like there's no one else that really stands out. Maybe Tristan Lawrence or Torben Olsson. Like he's he's up there, you know, with those guys. He's on the first page of the entry list with his category on the DP World Tour. Like it, for Tom, I wouldn't be surprised if he wins. But I'd love to see him turn those top twenty fives into top tens. Yeah, That's, yeah. That's how you go towards getting your PJ Tour card for next year. Well, this, like, tied 14th in a Rolex series event is massive for him last week in Dubai. So, yeah, no, he is. He, like, he's doing all the right things. His stats are all really good. He Mo- seems to have settled. 50 places in the race to Dubai. Yeah, exactly. 40. Like, he seems to have settled with this new equipment really quick with all the Callaway stuff. And like I said last week, it's really positive signs to see him doing this, especially with a new golf ball. So, um, and, no, really good. And he, he kind of improved every day. I mean, I know he shot like three consecutive rounds of two under, but as the course was getting, probably getting harder each day, um, so effectively you could say he kind of improved every day. Um, I'd say the thing he'd be most disappointed about that, that first day when he opened up with a level par, um, he played the four par fives in level par, just parred all four of them. Yeah. And, I mean, that was realistically, you could say that was the difference between him going into the weekend, you know, just Featuring. looking to move up the leaderboard. Yeah, yeah. Then him going into the weekend looking, you know, I've I have a good chance here. I can I can hunt these down or I can get myself into the into the final few groups. Um but I mean it's I mean it's real harsh criticism of, of him if you were to Oh yeah, we're not criticizing. No, it's so, all good. We're no, not no, criticizing. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm saying I'm saying on my on my part. Um he's I, but I, I watched I watched uh, McKibben on the range and down in um, Andalusia earlier on this or toward last year. Just watched him for like half an hour um, playing in like really really high winds, and I was just watching him hit hitting long iron after long iron. And 
his ball striking was just it was just incredible. You could have you could have got walked out and put a towel over all the balls he was hitting. They were all landing exact same trajectory, exact same ball flight, uh, same landing area. He was like he's an absolutely immense talent. And yeah, like this year, I mean, last year was obviously a big breakout year for him with his victory. But I wouldn't be at all be surprised to watch to see him, you know go one better this year and yeah. um, solidify his place. We, we talked last week. We, th- we think he'll be in the top 50 at the end of the, or possibly top 50 at the end of the year in the world rankings. And well, it's good. It's a good start to that so far. Some of us did. Some, Some of us, us did. did. Um, oh no, that was one we all Yeah. <laughs> the but other I'm one not, then, Porrick Harrington as well was the other one uh, in the field. Disappointing week for him. He came out like he 73, 79, uh, came out, spoke about his illness. I know you listened to some stuff on that. So he's struggling to get back, uh, fitness-wise and just health-wise. Ah, look, first tournament out after you know having the winter off with pneumonia and the and the lung transplant. Like, sounds essentially like, like on death's door by the time. Crazy. But like, what can you you know realistically expect from him? Yeah, there? yeah. Like you know, it's it's just about him getting out there, feeling good. Like he said after a couple of days practice, it started to hit him really hard. Look, that's just your body getting used to being out and about again. Like the same, anyone anyone would be going through the same situation had they had it. But uh, hopefully he can recover fully and pick it up now for the late spring, summer run. Like that's when it's really important. Yeah, no, exactly. No, but that's, I suppose that's it on Dubai. Anything, any other angles on Dubai you want to get into, lads? Ah, uh, moving on, no. moving on. Moving on. Hurl more on. more history being set oh, the other side fuck. of the Atlantic. Uh, yeah, like, this was spectacular. So the Amex PJ Tour, uh, Nick Dunlap. You're the only one that's seen him play in the, fre- in the flesh round. Yeah, I've like, seen him, yeah. You were there last year. I have year. no pictures of videos of him. I was looking <laughs> on my phone all weekend. I've Everything was Gordon Sargent, 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 <laughs> and you, you skipped over on, Nick Dunlap. I have nothing on this fella. Big eyebrow, big bushy eyebrows on him. Um... No, this was great. He looks like a little Keegan Bradley. He does. He has the look bit, of yeah. a Keegan Bradley. But he's a scrawny wee fella as well. No, but this was interesting. Like, I had absolutely no interest in this tournament whatsoever. Like, I hate golf like this. Like, no rough, that wispy, burnt-out <laughs> crap. It's a Mickey Mouse golf course. Wispy, burnt-out crap. It's dormant Bermuda. Ah, that's nonsense. It's last two holes are good. I'll give it is. Back. No, no, listen, I will. It's no, nonsense. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting to my point. But <laughs> there was nothing on last night after watching um, Darren Nunes destroy Bournemouth on his own. Oh, and then I was, you know, watching the wind blow the roof off the house. And I was like, right. And turn on, I turned on just in time for the start of the back nine. And I have to say, just for the fact Dunlap was hanging in and hanging in, I couldn't take my eyes off it. Yeah. There was a couple of putts, really makeable chances on the 13th and the 15th. Like when things were kind of going against him, there were two putts that from a fella who didn't look like he had the nerve to maybe take the next step and win. And then Sam Burns just completely hands it to him with a double-double finish, which I think is being really overlooked here in the storyline. Sam Burns completely cocked this up. Like, it's one of the worst yeah, cock-ups yeah. you're going to see all season. From like, a and we'd McElroy last his level. Week. This was worse. Um, but it just shows, like, Dun- Dunlap, credit to him, he held a big put on the par 5, 16th to draw level with Burns. And at that point, Burns had been rocky enough. A couple of poor Even shots before that, 15 and 14. Yeah, yeah, 14. Poor, poor shots have been hit in from Burns at this stage already. Yeah. So it just shows you, if you hang in for long enough, something might happen. It might go your way. So even when thing, things weren't going for him at all, like he was level par through 10, 11, 12. Well, he doubled seven out of nowhere, like and it like hit a shank. Yeah, but like he, was, he hung in after that. But he kept it going. And I think 14 was pivotal where Burns held out. He pumped a birdie in on top of him. Burns thought he was going uh, walked, too clear. He walks the putts in when they're yeah. going Oh, in, no, 100%. He? I love to see it. I like, yeah. love to see it. But, like but uh, the, it was so good. He, did, he obviously doesn't get the 1.2 million that goes to Christian Besadenhout, but he gets membership on the PJ Tour through to the 2026 season. Exemptions into all the signature events this year, provided he turns pro to all of these events. He's into the Masters and the PJ Championship. Uh, regardless, so he already has exemptions as an amateur into the Masters and the US Open and the Open Championship, so he can keep those. Um, he's The US Open allows the US Amateur Championship to play in his tournament as a professional, so he's, he's sorted for that. And as a PJ Tour winner, regardless if he turns professional or not, he's into the Players' Championship as well. So you're going to be seeing a lot of this guy, regardless of in between whether he turns pro or in between exams when he's in college. Like He's only in second year. He's only a sophomore. 
Like it, it is. It's not like bonkers. he's a senior where he's like you know on the verge of turning pro. Like yeah. this is a he could be skipping a couple of levels. But here. he's not like I like it, before we get into the rest of this tournament. Let's let's dig a little bit deeper. Like what is he gonna do next? Like he has to turn pro. Does like one hundred percent? Like he has 100% to. Like he's in he's pro. he's in college as. He's obviously on a golf scholarship. He's not in college because he's brains to burn. Like I'm assuming he's a clever guy, but like you want to get he's that, not. You want to get that international business. Degree. But he's not in there like for <laughs> with CAO points or anything like that. He's in there because he's a savage golfer. Like he, he like you are on a radiator. This might not ever happen again. Like he like if he is not on the driving range on Wednesday at the Farmers, there's something seriously wrong, in my opinion. Do you think? Maybe Absolutely. take a week uh, off, look, but like, you, if he's not there the next week, Jesus Christ! Like you, you just go for it. Go roll the dice, blow the dice, roll them out. Go for it. If he turns professional today, he's got ten million in the bank tomorrow. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because, like, well, Matt, when Matt Wolf turned pro a few years ago, um, I mean, Wolf was obviously a big, a big story coming out. Everybody was kind of. Like, you know, expecting big things of Wolf, but Wolf immediately signed like a five million contract with TaylorMade and Adidas. Uh, five million a year that was. Like Nick Dunlop, courtesy of a victory there yesterday, is already a, a level above that. Every manufacturer, ever, well, all what he should do is just sign with whoever's clubs he's using at present. Well, TaylorMade, yeah, he's, and he's decked out in Adidas. All, he's done all that. Like he's like. 10, 10 million will be in his bank account straight away. Strike while that iron is hot. But he doesn't need to worry about it. That's the thing. He doesn't need to worry. Like, whatever, even if it's just $10, it's still better than, like, where he was yesterday. And he's into all these signature events. No cuts. It's like, like he, he won't have to work for the money. <laughs> no, it's an ATM machine. You don't, there's no cuts to worry about. So yeah. just go and do it. Like, it, it's the one thing that is a huge negative on... The direction the tour is taken with this, like an amateur winning outside of this happening, uh, like I never would have watched a shot of this tournament. I just wouldn't. Unless I was all in in Dubai, the fact that he was up there and it was a different storyline. I was watching it. Yeah, I was keeping an eye on Shane Lowry and what he was doing, but um, storylines like this will not happen again. Like enjoy this. If the PGA Tour are going to keep going down this closed off events kind of thing, it just it boggles that they don't value the future building of golf around these sort of invoices that they're given, and uh, it, it kind of differentiates themselves from live. And the, we're not just not going to see this in future, which is sad because it's a huge storyline. Yeah, interesting thing about Nick Dunlap is uh, Alex Maguire held a put on the 18th in St Andrews on the day one foursomes to beat him. Yeah, in the Walker Cup. That's interesting. Penny for his thoughts. Yeah, well, he's kicking on you know, with his career as well. They're all moving on, like, but you know, he's not winning on the PGA Tour yet. But like, yeah, no, Alex is gonna be get, Alex will get his place now fairly soon. Not worry about or, that. Um, look, Dunlap's win completely saved a shambles of a golf tournament. Like as John Ram said last year, it's a it's a putting competition. It is, and that's like that feeds into like Shane Lowry missed the cut. Yeah, uh, this wasn't a tournament for him. No, on the number, this like no, this doesn't suit him. Shane Lowry doesn't win putting competitions. That's it. Like, he doesn't score heavily either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's used to grinding it out. But this was set up. This place is set up like a pro am. Like I've played the La Quinta course. One of them that uh, they were on the not the stadium course. The other one I played in 2018, and yeah, it's a hen run. Like the the one that um, Dunlap shot a 60 on. Mm. Like it I, is a hen run. I'd love to go play it because it looks cool. But as a PJ Tour tournament, it's a disgrace. No, it is and. The annoying part about even world golf rankings and stuff like that, like Dubai was such a more premium product this week. It was such a better tournament. And you look at what the world rankings, what people got that finished high up in Dubai compared to what they get for playing in the Amex. Like, it's a disgrace. The yeah, way well, well, Nick Dunlop got 50, 55 points for winning. And McElroy got he probably lost for points for playing Dubai. Twenty nine, sorry, twenty nine points for winning Dubai. Yeah. Although he did get a four point, four point bonus for winning back to back twice within the within the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a new thing that the OWGR brought in in December. But uh, interestingly, on that, since we're since we're on the world rankings points, McElroy got less points for winning in Dubai yesterday than Scotty Scheffler got for winning the Hero 
back in December, which was a nineteen man closed field event. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's bonkers. It, yeah. It's it is batshit crazy that they think this system works. And it's so right. Like what was served up by the DP World Tour yesterday was so much better. So like it was like on a different planet compared to the uh, PGA Tour slop that was shown up. And the only thing that saved it was Dunlap, and that's it. I did like to One see like I did like to see Bezaden who doing well as well. Like he's yeah, a good DP good World Tour stalwart, Rambo as the boys call him. He's a no, he's a serious serious player. Good to see him. Uh, like he picks up the 1.5 million. He has all his status guaranteed for the next couple of years anyway. And, uh, yeah, he's a serious talent. Yeah, he's a quality player. It's kind of hard funny, to believe uh, he hasn't won on, yet. Sorry, Mark. I was going to say, I thought it was kind of funny on, on 18, Dunlap, Dunlap's tee shot at 18. Have you ever seen more of a this is not going in the water tee shot? Oh, 100%. And his, and his, uh, his approach, let's aim for yeah. the crowd there. And it'll just, it'll just trickle down <laughs> yeah. this hill. It's like no Niall road. Quinn was on the end of it, just diving <laughs> header, just back into play. There you go, hoop but on like the lads. That right side of 18, the amount of divots that are taken out of that rough that just doesn't exist, it's an absolute shambles. Yeah, but it's a pro-am track. Like, it was a goal track, like, on that. But one thing that, re- two takes from yesterday from me, from this tournament... Nick Dunlap, the real deal, is brilliant to see. First amateur win on tour since Shane Lowry on any tour globally like that. It's like unbelievable. Um, that coupled with the fact I hate Justin Thomas. I just I, I just can't stand him. But he was so happy for him to win. Ah, yeah, that's it. Uh, it's easy to be happy for him to win. That's feeding into I'm the frat boy American. Oh, we went to the same college. Are we bum chums? Yay. <laughs> like, friend on the 18 green. No, I, I was just delighted to see JT getting bitch slapped by a 20-year-old. Just Jesus. put him back there. No, I just I don't, I don't like him. I don't like the whole... I just can't warm to him at all. Never have. And I just re-emphasized that fact yesterday. Yeah, he's, he's just... Yeah. He's, he's arrogant. He's. I just. I. I. I can't warm to him at all. You're a disaster. As a man well known for my irrational hates of people, I'm a hundred percent behind you on that. <laughs> Your one. irrational hates. Um, no, it was good, but well, like the rational to me. <laughs> <laughs> the nerve uh, of like it's just there's a, there is a new wave. There's a tsunami of talent coming through. When you think you go back to this time last year, like nobody had heard of Ludwig Aberg, Aubert, or whatever we have to call him, um, turning pro. Rose Zhang hadn't turned pro yet. She has won her PGA Tour debut. Uh, now we've Dunlap coming through. We've Gordon Sargent and guys like that mm. coming through as well. It is like there are big changes coming in the world of professional golf. And like when you see how quick someone like Victor Hovland and John Ram took a foothold on the PGA Tour and in global golf, these guys are doing it quicker. And it's on both codes. It is, uh, yeah, it's it's got such an exciting time for golf. And these are the good news stories we need away from the whole merger and financial crap that's going on in the background and live and PGA Tour stuff. These are the positive things. That was another thing uh, another important or impressive thing about Dunlap's win is that you know he wasn't playing against um, like a Russell Henley and somebody like that in the in the final group. Uh, this was Justin Thomas and Sam Burns. Justin Thomas, two-time major winner, one of the best players of the last you know seven or eight years. You know, unquestionably one of the best players of the seven, last seven or eight years. And Sam Burns, I mean, what five-time PGA Tour winner, Ryder Cup team member. I mean, these like. This was quality opposition he was up against. And yeah. On a golf course, though. We're talking about the golf course. On a golf course. Yeah. Like, if that was next week and he got an invite in next week, he wouldn't have been able to do that on the course next week at Tory Pines or on a Doral or something like that. He got an invite into... Like, he, th- there's a kid that's used to playing... It's perfect time, perfect moment, perfect week. There's a kid that's used to shooting 60 on hen-run golf courses. You know, he, he is in that mentality. So he fires at six. If he goes and does and tries, attempts that in a full field event with that, with no experience like that, he gets cut out a lot more and he probably gets rolled over by someone. But it's brilliant not to take away from it. It's perfect place, perfect time, perfect week for him to do it. I would not be surprised as well. We're talking about 10 million in his bank. If he gets a phone call today or at least an email 
of Yasser and Greg from Live saying, how are you? Uh, what's the story? John Ram is looking for a few playing partners there. Would you, any interest there? How was your Spanish? John, John Ram's <laughs> struggling to get teammates, so bring him over. He is. No, but he would be an unbelievable addition to Live if they could sign him because he's the, he's the best thing that's happened on the PGA Tour this season so far. Runny early in, like it's, it's him and a few ex-alcoholics win and that's it so he's a he's a good news story for the PGA Tour but um, did you see what Ben Ann tweets actually 100 million ah, so, nah he wouldn't get anywhere colour that give him 10 million up front he's gone well no he's going to get 10 million up front from TaylorMade anyway so. <laughs> those days are gone as well um, did you see Ben Ann's tweets he was he couldn't call himself out because he was getting uh, he tweeted last uh, November, stop giving college team tour, like, stop giving college kids tour starts. And then he called himself out saying, oh, this aged well, he was saying, because uh, people were just hammering him on it. Uh, but yeah, he's he's one, a man that doesn't mind putting his uh, actual thoughts out there. But there, there's a guy that knows the tsunami is coming. He's going to get swallowed up. They're trying to pull the ladder up behind him, you know. Well, fair play to him for owning him, owning his own tweet. <laughs> no, he did. Well, he was called out by Pablo Larathaval as well because Lara- I think Larathaval put something out about. Did you see that, Ronan? Pablo Larathaval putting stuff out on at uh, Eamon, just taking fire at the tournament. Oh, great, great to see PGA Tour twenty seven under leading after three mm-hmm. events, yawn fest type thing, and Ben Ann right. came back and, and hit back at him saying, oh yeah, maybe you might get your tour card next year or something. <laughs> like he just, They were just going hammer and tongs at it, but no, it was good. Um, Shane missed a cut. We were talking about that. Not his type of tournament, but still put in some good scores and so finished like scores. an absolute train. Uh, thought he'd made the cut in a number. Birdie, birdie, and then uh, put a pitching wedge straight in the bin on the last for Eagle. Uh, you, you, can't, you can't out. just say that he did. He was bogey, triple bogey before that. As no, well, I know. Which makes it even more thrilling. Yeah, but that's like it, it like thought he was going to get in on the number, but yeah, it's not his type of week. He will thrive at somewhere like the Farmers this week. You know, he's hitting the ball well. It, it's not a, it's not an overall putting competition. You have to plot your way around a bit more than that. So uh, let's see how he goes. And then Seamus Power withdrew. Nothing to do with injury. I'm told it is. Uh, just a scheduling thing. He was just feeling a bit tired. Pulled out of this one in favour of playing this week. So he's he's back in. Yeah, because the PGA Tour is actually uh, running earlier this week. It's Wednesday to Saturday competition. Um, I think because I think the NFL divisional divisional final matches are on Sunday. So they're just the PGA Tour wisely saying, let's stay. No, I don't think it's anything to do with that. I I just think they know they're they're back in a losing horse if they go up against the Raz Al Championship. <laughs> they know themselves like we can't compete with this on Sundays. Yeah, we we've more world ranking points, but they have a better quality of field, so they just know. Anyway, right on to the next. Uh, I think that's it from PGA Tour. We general roundup that like there's a lot of stuff to get on this. We're we're 43 minutes in, and there's some hot, juicy topics to get into on this. We could be another uh, 43 minutes on this one. <laughs> no, the um, we'll start off with the good news story in this first, right? Uh, so Max Kennedy came out with some live stuff, Ronan. Yeah, I spoke to him there during the week. He's um into his senior year now in Louisville, so he's keeping his options open and went to turn pro. He'd love to play on the Palmer Cup team again this year, which would hopefully give him an exemption to play on the Live Promotions event again, which he played in last month and narrowly missed out on a place in the final round, which he could have got a a card then on Live had he done well in that. But He just loved it. He just loved it, loved the experience, loved to be playing on a... Really, really good, you know, DP World Tour course, ironically, um, against <laughs> lads like Jason Duffner and Kevin Chapel. He just said he was really pleased with how he handled the whole situation. Like, even though he didn't play well on the second day, he still stayed in and it was competitive and almost got through. Yeah. So he just said he'd love to go and have another another bite of the cherry, particularly since um, anyone playing in it, there's no sort of consequences for playing on the PGA Tour or DP World Tour in the future. Yeah, free roll of the dice, like. Um, we had some wins then as well. We had uh, Rona Malarney, Toro Tour, the Bull King is back, yeah. winning again, getting ready for his Challenge Tour starts. First man to win four times on the Toro Tour. So look, he's more history 
It's the year, week of the four. The week it? of history. <laughs> the four. The four. Um, Stuart Gretton won as well. It's it's golf is weird like this. Like I seen Stewie was tweeting or putting up on Instagram about like kicking on with his QFAs and stuff like that, and then golf goes and. S- Sticks a win under your nose just to give you the scent of oh, keep going. Forget about that. Forget yeah. about that yeah. college. Never yeah. mind the study. Forget about that crap. But, uh, uh, no, he birdied the last. He stitched the wedge to about a foot. He was saying to me, and he tapped it in for the win. So doesn't get better than that. Yeah, it's like it, again the standard of the Toro Tour and the Winter Tour that the boys are winning at. Yeah, it's like you know fourth or fifth level. Uh, in a tiered system of golf But still it's wins It's reps It's good to see them getting out there And then hopefully when they do get their starts In the challenge tour That they take advantage of it Just shows how like stupid golf is Like his swing is unbelievable Oh yeah yeah You'd wonder how he isn't You know doing a Nick Dunlap on it And winning on the PGA Tour Like his swing's ridiculously good and even this year, you look at his putting stats last year, like he started working with uh, Gordon at the Reflewski Academy in Sleeve Russell. His putting stats, a lot, you see a lot of the guys now going down to, going. to Gordon. Down, we, we were with Reflewski last year, sure. Yeah. You're you <laughs> your putting, help my, help my chip and come over here to me, you. And get, no, you're doing that all wrong, just do this. And we now may, we're we may go back. We may and now go we're back. Tom McKibben was there that day with us, actually. He was, stuff. yeah. So um, we, can, we can take credit for his We win. take credit, exactly. But uh, no, yeah, Rafluski is doing some great work with them on the pudding as well. But yeah, Stewie, you just would like to see. He doesn't have much of a status on things. He uh, still should get a fair uh, few invites, you'd hope, on the Challenge Tour and, and, and try and move away from the clutch side of things as well. But no, it's, it's really good. Um, LPGA, it was a bit of Lydia Coe show at the... Tournament of Champions for them at Lake Nona. It was a home event for Leona. Uh, well, a home of, a home away from home. Or is that the K-Club? Or is that... I don't know where. She's <laughs> from the Slee Russell, then the K-Club, and then it's Lake Nona's where she lives in the States. But uh, she finished 12th in the end, so opened up with three seventy twos and then 68 to finish. So uh, backdoored her way into 12th. Lydia Coe won quite easily this event. So... But Leona is into a positive week this week. The Drive On Championship is on. So that was the scene of her first uh, LPGA win back in 2022. Has been on different golf courses every year since. It's not on the same course, but she knows the trophy well. So uh, good positive vibe seeing that on the first tee. Um, outside of that then, Legends Tour Q School. Yeah, disappointing week for everybody there. Uh, Gary Murphy... Uh, Damian Mooney uh, all missed the cut and then David Higgins made it through to the final couple of rounds but uh, wasn't able to secure his card for, for next year. So look, hopefully there'll be a couple of stars handed out to those boys throughout the year, maybe in the, the Irish Legends and things like that, some of the UK-based events. It's a big target for Dave as well. Like I know when we did the podcast with him over Christmas, this was his big goal at the start of the year. Only five cards up for grabs and like 90 players playing for them, so... He finished tied 12th yeah. in the end, but he'll come away. It's a, it's tough. He'll come away disappointed. Five cards isn't a lot either, is it? Like, let's no, be, five let's cards be real. is way too few. It's no. a close shop. Like, it's a pension fund for them lads. I see Gary Murphy had Bo Martin on the bag this week down there as well. So, um, yeah, trying to kick on from that. There is men's octagonal stuff this week. Yeah, so a really youthful uh, kind of a team is heading over to Costa Belen in Spain for the octagonal matches this week so as a Sean Keeling obviously the the main attraction there with uh Donica Cleary, Fionn Dobbin, Jack Hearn, Jack Murphy and then David Shield is the elder statesman at 35. So um look best looked all those lads and it's good to see the Irish teams getting back up and running now for the year it'll be a rake of them now after this week I'd say. Yeah stop that'll kick in fairly soon these'll be busy boys um now the juice on the thing. Uh, Honestly, I don't know what we call Is it Hayley Davison or will we call her Harley Davison? I don't no, know it's, what. It's Hayley. So, um, for people who don't know, although I don't know how you wouldn't unless you're living under a rock, um, she won an NXXT tour event uh, a few days ago. And uh, this tour has a relationship with the Epson tour, which is like a feeder tour for the LPGA, which is the tour Leon Maguire uh, came through actually a few years ago. So she became the first trans woman to win a professional women's event three years ago. And um, she's obviously won again. And she's been saying on social media that she's received criticism for her exploits and she's fearing for her safety. 
So uh, the Scottish native who resides in Florida, she's top of the order of merit on the NXXT tour with 1,320 points, a whopping 150 po- points ahead of her nearest challenger. That, um, so sh- at the end of the tour schedule, there's 10 exemptions will be awarded to the top five points leaders to participate in next year's Epson tour, which, look, it's more than likely she's, she's going to get that now. Out of the five tournaments... So that's like the challenge tour. Essentially. Out of the five tournaments she's played this year, she's placed in the top two twice and had a seventh and a ninth, ninth place finish as well. And then she went to earn approval from the LPGA um, in 2016 when she initially started to transition from male to female. And then she wasn't deemed eligible until 2021 when she had a full gender reassignment surgery, which she claims cost her 15 miles per hour of club head speed doesn't seem to matter. Davidson is already in the history books, having become the first transgender person to win a professional golf tournament prior to joining the NXXXT Tour. Should she reach the LPGA, she would not be the first trans woman golfer to actually play on the top women's tour after Mayan Bagger qualified for the Ladies European Tour in 2004. Uh, Davidson last competed as a male golfer in 2015, after which she began hormone therapy treatments and underwent Gender reassignment surgery in 2021. Begin. Begin. Before we begin, though, I think whether you think it's right or you think it's wrong, she is eligible to compete, so it's actually not really her fault. Oh, no, 100% it's not her fault. This is golf. This is what is golf's plan for this. This is like. I, what I would never in a million years uh, line myself or any of my views, both politically or personally, to Pierce Morgan. But oh. I did see that she went on like one of the GB News channels or whatever the other day. Yeah. And he came out straight away and just said, uh, he called it a shameful farce. And I actually agree with him 100%. Like, this has the potential to be catastrophic for the women's game. Uh, a game that over the last decade we have seen so much goodwill from sponsors trying to put things up, trying to build this up, prize funds growing on the LPGA, trying to get them in line on the majors with men's events, uh, you know, viewership figures going through the roof. It, they're on a crest of a wave and it's only going one way. This has the potential to torpedo the shit out of it. Uh, I just think it's so wrong. I don't know why golf's plan actually allowed this and people like this to progress through the professional levels with a chance to get on. Like, she's li- she's potentially going to be, like, one good season away from the LPGA if she does what she's meant to do this year. Yeah, like, she says she's a long way away from that by her own admission, but even then, you're calling it maybe a, a problem down the line. It's a problem that probably needs to be nipped in the bud now that's come to surface. Um. It's like she's 30 years of age. You think, you know, a lot of the players on the LPGA tour seem to hit their peak when they're very young. Like, I'm I'm no expert now. I don't want to say the wrong thing, but it's like she still has the, the male muscle, the male physicality. Maybe she might hit her peak when she's 34, 35 years of age. She might be still be able to hit the ball as far as she's doing it now. So she could have that advantage if she ever makes the LPGA tour, which is why it's such a, it's such a murky area because we don't know whether she will. So this might not be a problem. Yeah, no, and that's you it. Know. Like, and like we have to be really careful and stuff. That, well, you say that, like the whole cancel culture and stuff like that. But when something like this comes along, that I feel is a big danger to the growth of the women's game, and I just think it's so it's wrong on so many levels. But golf is allowing professional golf have not legislated properly. It's not Haley's fault uh, that the rules allow her to progress and do this but it's golf's lack of planning for this it's the women's game lack of planning for this like even looking at the stance of I, I don't know why swimming and athletics have different the olympics they all have different uh mechanisms for allowing transgender people to participate and like well like world athletics have banned uh transgender women who went through male puberty yeah. So maybe and it is all one way. It is all, it one, is way. all one way. It is like it, it affects it's, the women's sport. It's a hundred percent. It's a blight on the women's sport. And it's the women's sport. We're talking about sporting endeavor of like nothing against transgender people. It's the sport we're looking at. Like and, and like people 
have to not to be afraid to talk about this stuff and address this stuff properly because like even us looking at from an amateur point of view I know it's Mark's going very quiet in this I'm not giving him a chance to talk um, but like the Gulf Ireland stance on this is quite clear as well that like this can happen in Gulf Ireland and like you've looking up the procedures in Gulf Ireland there um, Mark has them I think <laughs> Mark's the Gulf Ireland man here for this one I think is he yeah, I mean, the, just to come in here on this, it is it is a like a political hot potato. It is a topic that's you know most people are going to try and steer clear of because of the because of the the rage that exists out there on both sides of the both sides of the debate. Um, but Golf Ireland, um, Golf Ireland's policy is that golfers who have undergone gender reassignment before puberty can participate in national and regional competitions uh, in their chosen gender without restriction. And golfers who've undergone gender reassignment after puberty must provide documentation from a medical practitioner as proof of transition from one gender to another. Um, I I can't speak for doctors in the... Who, who do this transgender surgery and everything, but I know it's pretty easy to get documentation from a doctor for, for most things. If you're willing to, <laughs> if you're willing to pay them money for your, uh, for your appointment, they'll pretty much sign, sign anything in, in my experience. Um, but in look, yeah, if people, let people, let people be people. If you want to be a male, if you're a male and you want to be female, oh, yeah, it's your own business by all means. Knock, but not in sport. Out. Not in sport. But when it comes to sp- when it comes to sport, like people talk about, like about inclusion and in sport. Sport, by its nature, and and particularly like elite levels of sport, it's not inclusive. Oh, it's doggy dog. You know, it's yeah. the whole the whole idea is separating yourself. It's not a fair. It's not a fair sport or not a fair um, environment. You have people that are people that are better equipped. And that's how they separate themselves. It's an unfair advantage. I, it is. It's. It's just. It's not right. Like, and at the end of the day, we can go around in circles on it. But like, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people are majorly pissed off. I think from looking at our social media feeds, looking at all the coverage around this globally, uh, in all the different regions, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people are majorly pissed off that this person is allowed forge this path and uh, could do catastrophic damage to the women's game and that's what it boils down to like it's it is the they just need to legislate properly not legislate for the point zero 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 one percent of people that they're going to offend by saying do you know what we've no problem with you being transgender obviously that's your choice but not in sport not in golf we're taking the same line as athletics we're taking the same line as uh, gymnastics, other sports, other Olympics, uh, swimming, all of that. They've all had to legislate against this. Golf needs to act fast or this will this will become a big problem. Yeah, I guess the, f- the fear is that this is, I mean, this is the first um, first case that's really gained like national attention or global attention in golf. I guess the fear is that this is the tip of the iceberg, that in five years, ten years, um, if you know if things remain as they are, that there could be like. Well, Haley has done this quite quick. Haley has yeah. Haley has has gone from playing men's golf in 2015 to this really quick. So, they, like someone that has already gone through that treatment, you know, we we could end up with Bruce Jenner. <laughs> Coming, I think if she if she gets her act together. Um, so like, yeah, no, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. I know, like, she's obviously a woman now, but surely you still, you know, possess the male, sort of the, the muscle the physique, power, yeah, yeah, yeah. the physique. Yeah, I, yeah. You want to say, don't want to say the wrong thing, but, like, if you're teeing off the ladies' tee box with all that, you know, that advantage, that's not really fair. and that's no, it's not. And that's a really plain and clear, obvious problem as well. Like In the same, it's a, the exact same as would you let... Uh you know, would you let Anne Van Damme say, not to be picking on another golfer that already hits it, let her take steroids, let her juice up, and let her go out and hit balls, and, like, she's long already, let her get longer, let, that's illegal, you can't do it, like, it's, it's, in sport, in my opinion, it's the same principle, that you can't, it, genetically, it's, it goes against everything in the sport, so that's it. 
we'll draw a line under it. We could talk about it all day, but yeah, it's it's a quite a contentious topic, and it's it's uh, gaining a lot of traction online. So you just yeah. want to get this podcast and within the era, don't you? No, we're not gonna. <laughs> no, we're moving into heroes and villains now. Um, I think that, that that's uh, we just draw a line under that, lads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh heroes and villains. Right. Start off with heroes. How Tong Lee. Right, go on. Spoil legend, man. I just <laughs> He so wouldn't go away. He wouldn't go he away. He wouldn't go away yeah. Any bad shot is like, oh no, Jesus slamming the club off his tie <laughs> doing all sorts. He was pure into it, like and like he's a man who's had an absolutely dreadful time. So I was I was happy to see him back. Like he's just his um intensity was 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 mental. Perfect. Mark, any heroes? The heroes. Uh, Jerry McElroy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Three and a half Jerry. Uh, <laughs> three and a half Jerry. Uh, so anybody who didn't see this, uh, Jerry and his, uh, Rory's mother Rosie were in Dubai at the weekend and they went out for a lovely, lovely picture with uh, with Rory afterwards with the trophy and the, the, the photographer was telling them all to hold up the four fingers to signify the four wins. Uh, Jerry only has three and a half on one of the, <laughs> on one of his hands, and Jerry saw the Jerry saw the funny side of it, made a joke about it. Um, I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, top top marks to Jerry McElroy for that. Yeah, that's nah, a good crack. Definitely hero. Um, like the easiest thing to do, and we're going to avoid this. Like go for Nick Dunlap as the hero of the week yeah it was brilliant what he did but no uh, I've picked out Ian St. John this week so he has been back competing on the Edgar circuit so anyone that doesn't know Ian look up a story um, PGA professional and Rush just uh, ended up with uh, spinal cancer years ago went to got it uh, treated and ended up um, paralysed uh, from the waist down so he is starting to compete again and got himself a new machine that he can stand him up and he can swing and do stuff so he's forged his way along in uh, Edgar Golf over the last couple of months so he was playing in the Algarve Classic over the weekend finished third overall he seems to be progressing along every week as you know he had a personal best of 40 points at the this event as well over the weekend 87 gross like which is phenomenal from the journey he has been on to where he's coming to now to how he's progressing on it's so it's amazing to see a guy like this thrive in uh his environment of a golf course that he is used to all his life and he's getting a quality of life back that he deserves so uh, it's great to see him kicking on and more power to him it's only a matter of time before he wins an edge event but look at this um that is on heroes villains Ronan. Ronan. Uh, <laughs> You're always first. I don't know. I don't know. Um, right, if you think about it, we're maybe, gone. Maybe just Piers Morgan. <laughs> okay. Not, like. Here, Piers Morgan, just because he is. Yeah. Villains are in short supply this this week. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Sam Burns. And I'm going <laughs> to hold my hands up here and say this may, I may have got this wrong. But I was watching on my phone uh, while I was over babysitting my... Uh, uh, neighbor's kids. Um, did he hit a three wood off the 18th tee? I know he pulled it way left into the water. Yeah, he did. But it looked it looked on the phone like he was hitting three wood. He needed to. He needed at least at at very worst he needed a birdie to get into a possible playoff with Dunlap. Only if Dunlap uh, bogeyed. Realistically, probably needed eagle. Hit your bloody driver. Yeah, it's a narrow hole though. It is like it's they're all hitting three well, woods. Hit it, hit it <laughs> down there and give yourself a chance. Go for the win. Yeah, I suppose he was well, just bowling as well off the last, off the seventeen. Exactly. He probably should have. That's that's when you're going to knock your driver four hundred yards down there. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, so, no. Well so Sandborns. Uh, I'm calling out Keith Pelly um, on as my villain this week. So he was rolled out for interviews first time really since. Uh, he is announced he's stepping, and it, like every interview he did was about a global team. What I would like to see the game becoming uh, with a unified global strategy and all this horse shit that he's been. Like his detractors were quick to point out that uh, he passed up on the chance to do this when they met with Piff in Malta back uh, two years ago, and he had the chance to put the European Tour onto a secure 
uh, future endeavour but chose to go strategic alliance with the PGA Tour and that's kind of blown up in all their faces but uh, yeah he's he's coming out in the same way as Rory he's just flip-flopped around on messaging and now uh, they want to go for a global strategy and they're pushing for a worldwide tour and blah de blah de blah so yeah calling out Keith Pelly for that sort of crap this week but no, that's it. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I think that's a wrap, lads, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, that's it. We haven't we haven't quite kept it to win the hour mark, but we're close enough. So, again, thanks to Concept Golf for supporting the pod. We were out and did some testing, driver testing, uh, over the weekend with them as well. So that content will be coming onto our social channels and YouTube over the next. Uh, week or so we will be doing far more content out there as well later on and we like I said we'll get Mark on when all the on sale dates over the next uh, three weeks are lifted we'll get Mark on and do a specific equipment segment on the pod as well so cheers to you lads uh, for sitting down as always enjoyed the chats cheers for you for tuning in and we will chat to you again next week I'm off to Orlando by the way for the PGA so so I'll be uh, yeah enjoying a little bit of better weather this week and uh, don't come back yeah <laughs> back with uh, some storylines from that next week so chat to you again soon bye